Well, kia ora koutou whanau. Welcome back to another edition of the Department of Conversation brought to you by Stratus, the most affordable alternative to smoking. The Stratus Pod Kit is one of the most user-friendly, easy-to-use pods on the market, and you can find it at vaporium.nz, www.vaporium.nz. We talk a bit about um, vaping in this episode, actually. Towards the end, uh, our guest today is Polly Gillespie, Pauline Polly Gillespie, and uh, yeah, she's a vapor, and we talk a bit about it and talk about the um, harm minimization that can come through vaping as compared to smoking. So, listen out for that, along with a whole bunch of other conversations as well. Actually, obviously, Polly is a legendary broadcaster and always has an opinion on everything. Something to offer about all sorts of things, including why Jacinda should shut up. <laughs> We'll talk about that, get her in trouble some more. She's not got in trouble, but just it, it sounds like fun to say. And a whole bunch of other bits and bobs as well, as long, uh, along with memories of the uh, earthquake in Christchurch that connected uh, me on some levels to Polly and Grant, her ex husband and broadcaster partner at the time on ZM through a song. So you'll hear that story as well. It was lovely to talk to her. If you'd like to find out more about Polly, especially her big news next week, you can follow her on her Facebook page or Instagram. And I hope you enjoy as much as I did the hour that I just spent with Polly. Here's Polly Gillespie. The talk to Drona Distillery. Oh, we're looking, we're live just like that as we come in at 10 o'clock oh. in the morning talking alcohol with Polly Gillespie. Get it, Polls? <laughs> no, hang on, that's not fair. You were showing me your beer fridge. My beer fridge. The line I get a lot. Can I show you my beer fridge? Yeah. Oh, really? Well, my beer fridge is a bit no, em- a little bit empty at the moment because up until COVID kicked in, I've been really yeah. only having conversations with people in studio. Hence, sit down, have oh. a drink, have fun. Um, <laughs> Raid uh, my beer fridge. But now it's just me looking sad and lonely and drinking beers by myself <laughs> in my studio. So, yeah. Yeah, I've it- got a beer fridge, but it- yeah, I've got a beer fridge. It's got my beer and it's like Coke Zero and... I have to actually mask and tape it shut because my children come in and steal it. So now I do things where I put little clues to know if they've been in it. Uh, like uh, like you do with when you're trying to find out if you've got mice, you put, was it, flour on the floor to see if there's any animal yeah. or that kind of stuff. Actually, that's a good idea. I haven't tried the flour, but I will now, Pat, thanks. My kids are, a, oh, I guess they're not a bit young for that. I've got a 16-year-old who is addicted to uh, Bundaberg ginger beer. So... <laughs> If they find out that I've, trust if I've got that, they'll come and clean out my cupboard. So I've got a, I've got a lock on my studio. So my, I built my studio um, the start of COVID. I was I had a studio in Central Dunedin. Yeah, but because yeah. of COVID, <clears throat> kind of everything moving online, I decided, well, let's bring it home. So I um, I made a little studio. There's part of my studio oh, there. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. can I just say, though, that I prefer it to be called the C word. Cunt. No, that's <laughs> no, no, no. I like that to be called my COVID. No, um, uh-huh. co- oh, no, like COVID the C, the C word. word. I was thinking, what was like yeah. rather than saying studio, something that begins with the C, right? The C word. <laughs> <laughs> no, I prefer COVID to be called either the C word or I like to make it like when people used to call it the Facebook, the COVID, right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, COVID's been a prick for you, hasn't it? I mean, it's been a prick for everyone, but it's been a particularly oh. big. Well, I thought it was a prick. I thought it was a prick. Like I started off, you know, I went straight into automatic panic and fear and anxiety. But it's actually turned out to be a blessing for me because it has made me do something which I don't like doing. And that is taking responsibility for my own life. 
Oh my god! See, when you when you when you like punch in the clock for someone, because you know my parents work that my parents worked for other people, and I never learned to be able to work for myself. So I always, you know, signed contracts work for other people. But COVID has forced me to work for myself, and in doing so, I've danced with change and and lots of. And when I let go of that anxiety and that fear, lots of great things have happened. And so. Was it a prick or was it just a way of making me examine my life and actually do it better and live my best life, which is actually what I'm doing now? Yeah. Um, you put a big teaser up on your Facebook page in the last couple of days about a new radio gig coming. We haven't yeah. we haven't talked about this, and I don't normally say to people, oh, is there anything off? You know, what do you say? We you can't touch any of this comment. We don't normally do that. You can no. always say, piss no. off, I'm not telling you. But is there anything you can tell us about <laughs> this thing that supposedly um, this new gig you're talking about? Because yeah, first of all, let me say, if you're saying that you're taking control of your own life, that implies are you not working for somebody else? Are you doing your own thing? What's the story? It'll be dip No, I'm not doing my own thing. So what I've done... It probably helps if I sort of like move into explaining this without being too too boring. So, I, I started this kind of like I put this. I got some um, blue tack and some pieces of paper, bright colored pieces of paper because I think in color. And every time something I'd have an idea or something good would happen, or I'd get a job offer, a job opportunity, um, I'd stick it up on here. And and you know when when all this uh, shit went down, the first thing I got was a voice job for a telephone message. Hi, welcome to Realtors. We have a few push one, if you say such, I got 250 bucks. So I thought, okay, something, put it up there. Um, then I got my job with Sunday Star Times and that went up there. And I was thinking, yeah, and that's as a contractor. Yeah. Um, and then I um, was asked to, by Random Penguin House, to write a book. The deadline is a month away and I'm about halfway through. So, I've signed a 20-page contract, so that's up there. Um, and then I've got now the new woman magazine uh, run by Cedo Kitchen, who is, you know, the god of all magazines, Women's Day, Women's Weekly, Australia, you know, all of the magazines, has started her own company. And I've got an amazing gig with her, so that's up there. Um, I've started two new businesses. Uh, one is a clothing business, one is something else that I can't disclose yet because that's going to happen. Um, that's in the middle of the legality. So they're up there. So they're all things that I have made happen in this radio gig um they came to me and they said how do you feel about this and i said good do i get to do what i want and they said you get to do exactly what you want um and i said i would like it to be in a position where i am contracted to you and that i make you know not like the past thing where we we own your soul and when we want to get rid of you um we'll just make up a term an hr term and you're gone so i'm taking control of those parts of my life that I didn't think I was capable of doing and it's been amazing but I do actually need to learn a bit of time management because I tend to go oh oh wait I've got oh I've got a deadline oh wait hold on when did I say I'd meet Pat oh sorry Pat um I forgot I've got something you know but yeah so I've got lots and lots of things going on I just need to somehow put in a linear order and time manage all of this and can you give us any specifics around the radio thing? I, I knew mean, you'd come back to that. I knew well, you'd come back to that because that's what yeah, you are. Apparently I'm provocative. Um, apparently, is that right? I'm provocative you that, that you said on your Facebook page about me this morning? Provocative, so I'm provoking you. Don't you, you love that? <laughs> I reckon the two words that I love to be called are provocative and a maverick. Call me a provocative maverick and you got me. <laughs> I mean, that's provocative is great. It means you make people think and you do make people think. Um I can't tell you too much yet because I, uh, it's um, not, well, it is a done deal, but it, I want it to be a surprise. 
Um, so I'll, I'll be able to tell you more next week. Can we talk again next week? Daily Can show. Can I come on your show again next week? Yeah, of course. <laughs> daily show, weekly show. Yeah, daily, daily show, daily show. Are you going to be sleeping in or getting up early? Well, it depends where in the world you are. <laughs> that was quite, world that's, I am. that's quite a good answer. Hey, I was just thinking the other day, Poles, I don't think we've ever actually spoken, or if we have spoken, it's not very much, but we have quite a, um, well, I think it is, you, for you it's probably just another day, I feel like we've got quite a special connection um, that um, goes back to the second earthquake in Christchurch. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. The uh, national well, anthem. Yeah. You guys were work- uh, you, you guys were working in Wellington. Yeah, that's um, right. Yep. I think Dave Smart and Camille Guswell were next door doing the hits, I believe. Yeah, they would have been too. And yeah. I believe Camille heard me on News Talk ZB play a very special version of a national anthem, and she then did. they played it. And then you and Granty played it, and I we still did. I still have the audio of you guys coming out the back of that national anthem, being incapable of speaking um, after that second earthquake. That's right, and I do believe that a lot of the people that actually worked in Christchurch on the radio, who were the bastions of Christchurch radio, took off. And I'll always remember that. I will always remember that it was important for us to stay on air. Uh, in Christchurch because my God it was absolutely if we are supposed to be this team of New Zealanders then we are there for each other and come what may we don't head for our family you know like our our beach house you know that's oh, that's a big part of it's important to me but yes I do remember that Pat I do remember that and thank you for that so for uh, most people won't have a clue what we're talking about um, there is oh, a we New- should probably let them in yeah there is a New Zealand <laughs> artist called Cindy Ruakiri and um, I know Sins, and I um, have a, a good uh, relationship oh. with her. And um, I was doing overnight talkback. The reason I'm not looking at you right now, Polly, is I'm actually looking up her um, Spotify. Um, is that I look at this? Let's do this, eh? Let's be let's be fucking choice about this. Um, oh, we lost. Okay, I'm still with you, mate. You with me still? No, we lost Polly. Let me tell the story. I'm sure Polly will come back in and we'll connect back with her in a tick. Um, so I was walk, working overnight talk on News Talk ZB. I was on air for the first um, earthquake. Um, and then when the second earthquake happened in Christchurch, it happened around lunchtime and I came back on air that night. I came back on air that night at midnight. And um, the overnight talkback show on News Talk ZB is a long stretch, it's six hours well it's five and a half hours and then it's uh, you know it's an hour of um, of other stuff as well, like an hour of, of news and current events I think Polly's going to be back with us in a second I can see it coming in, there you go Poles, turn your phone back sideways mate, I'm just telling the story so sorry, that's alright, I'm so sorry that's alright, flip your phone back sideways there and we'll go back, we'll go back wait, uh- I have put it sideways. Yep, there, there you go. go. There you go. There you uh, go. I'm just, I'm just telling, I'm just telling the story. I'm just telling the story. So I'd done a long six-hour shift of news talks there. Be after the second earthquake, which has been a whole day of talking about the horrific tragedies in the in the building coming down, and it got to about three o'clock in the morning, and I got, I was just tired and I needed a break, so I I played Cindy's national anthem, 
and then uh, at five o'clock in the morning, I started the hour again playing the same song, and I said on air something like, um, I was a bit selfish earlier this morning, I wanted to take a break, so I played this national anthem, but I just had this, this sense, you know, sometimes you get that sense in you, yeah, and I went, I think I, I played it for myself at three o'clock, and now I feel like I want to play it for other people, and I played it at five o'clock in the morning, and that's when I think Camille or Dave or someone heard it, and it's playing, I don't know if you can hear that, yeah. but it's in the background there, this yeah. is the version, and it's unbelievable. Oh. And um, it got picked up by all sorts of radio stations, put behind TVNZ. I'm not saying all because of me, but it went on. And it got downloaded something like 15,000 times that day. And it was a, it was, a, it was an amazing, I mean, it was a horrible moment because of what it was. But I heard stories back from people saying in the, <coughs> when people heard you guys play it, in malls, they heard the music playing and they stopped and just listened because it was coming through ZMs at that stage of stations and it was just a, it yeah. was it was a it was a moment you know probably less than 24 hours after that second quake with all those you know tragic deaths and what oh. happened to the country so yeah yeah I, look you know I think part of the part of the reason that that national anthem and you finding it was, was obviously meant to be I believe in that yeah. but when you hear it sung it's a bit like when the haka is performed correctly yeah. and at the right time the, the way that you feel, the, 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 the whole spirit of it is different. And when she sings it, um, she's not just singing the national anthem like, oh, look, I've been asked to sing the national anthem. She's singing the national anthem. Mm-hmm. And and that gets that gets to your heart. And that's, um, yeah, good. I'm so glad you found that. And I'm so glad that um, we were so, so grateful that we got to play it and that other people got to hear it. That's a beautiful version. That's the version that they should play. That's the version <laughs> they should play when it's really important. I think that the yeah. difficulty is that's the version they should play, but it would be a hard version for us to sing because it's sung so beautifully. So for, for the all-black crowd to sing it would be difficult, but for her to play it would oh. be amazing. <laughs> hey, tell me, is she, is she um, Alana and Siobhan's sister? I don't know. Don't know the answer. Oh, okay. oh I mean Siobhan Ruakiri. No, I don't think so. You mean Siobhan for X what now? Yeah, yeah, they are because they'll all be from the Taranaki. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'm not sure. I'm not sure of the connection. I'm not sure of the connection. Oh well, yeah, I know. I know my a little bit about my um, Maori whakapapa. I think they're probably just from Taranaki, but um, that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can still feel that, eh? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But we do have a connection, and um. I, I haven't had, I haven't even said thank you for that. So I thank you. Dad. Nothing to do with me. It's a little bit like, um, you know, it's it's uh, you you say things are meant to be. Sometimes, some I feel like something's kind of passed through you. Sometimes, you know, I'm sure you have experienced it in broadcasting. Yeah. But oh, God, all the there's, time. there's been yeah. moments where I've done something off the cuff or played something or been involved because it was an idea, and for someone somewhere for some reason, it was their most meaningful moment. You know, and for me, yeah, for me, it was an interesting idea. It's just that you're, a, for for want of sounding less wanky, you're a vessel sometimes, and something goes through you. Well, I believe that. I mean, I'm I'm highly open to that. I think that there are, and I don't think it can be called coincidence. I think sometimes you sent things, and and it's just the way it's meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you talked before about being a team. Yeah, it was an interesting word you use about this team that we've got because. <laughs> You did mm-hmm. you get in trouble? But you certainly you certainly courted controversy uh, not too long ago. Basically telling <laughs> <get in> trouble. <laughs> basically telling trouble. basically telling Jacinda yeah. to to shut the hell up. Rain it in. Rain it yeah. in. I like you, but please shut up. 
about the team of yeah. five million. I noticed on this article on stuff.co.nz um, that there was no comments. I wonder if they did that for a reason. There was no, oh, there were <laughs> comments, but I th- they probably took them down. I never uh, read comments. Okay. You know, like, who wants to Charlotte Dawson themselves? And I'm sorry, and I use that very respectfully. Yeah. I think when you involve yourself with trolls and people that are not very smart, you end up trying to fight with, with people that have cognitive dissonance, illiberal souls who won't stop and think. So what I was trying to say, of course, I didn't pick the headline. <laughs> Stuff did. Um what I was trying to say is, I like her. I like Cassandra a lot. Shit, she's a great woman. She's a good leader. She's a great orator. But what would have been better to say is, hey, you know what the problem is? Is we, we haven't got this. We want to. But there are people out there that are not doing what we have asked them to do. So instead of, we've got this and we should do this, we should have been going, we haven't got this, but damn, we want to have this. And then the whole team thing. We should be a team of five million. But some people, while we're playing netball, are playing fiddly sticks and croquet over there. So there, they might be part of the team, but they're not actually concentrating on the team. So a team of five million, mm, uh, she was saying, what, what did Jacinda say? But we're not all playing on the field at the same time. That's what she was talking about Auckland. So I'm trying to be nice about Auckland. Look, I, I like Jacinda. I'm, a, I'm an absolute liberal through and through. I'm probably a crazy socialist or at least a conscious capitalist, but I do not need my morals. I do not need to be reminded of my morals be kind is ridiculous. Action kind. Lower the rents. Um, when you see a guy on the side of the street with a dog, give him some money, give him some dog food, and don't ask what he's going to do with it. That is action in kind. Saying be kind, putting up a meme, an inspirational quote on your Facebook page saying, be kind, and then trolling Polly Gillespie and saying, I hate you, is not being kind. It's all, it's okay to question our leaders. I shouldn't have said shut up. I should have said rein it in, rein it in. But I was sick of being spoken to, patronized, being spoken to like a child. We don't have this. We have never had this. But we could have this if we all were just straight up and said, some people are not, are not playing ball. Some people are going to the beach, 200 of them and having a party. And as far as I'm concerned, they're not playing on my team. I just thought it was all a bit, it was all a bit kiddie speak, and I was just over it. And I'm not the only one who was over it. People who just stopped at shout out to Cinder, you know the Jacinda cult. Ah, oh my God, Jacinda has been spoken about badly. They freaked out. Anybody, I no, I didn't get in trouble. Stuff loved it, of course, because click, <laughs> click, click. And um, academics and people that 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 know that we must question our leaders. We must say, hold on for a second, even if we like them. Loved it, so I'm happy with that. Better than the better, rather that than the stupid people hating me and the really smart people. Um, no, the, the really stupid people liking me and the smart people hating me. That would have been awful. It also uh, goes on in the article to talk about, and I've highlighted it here for people who are watching. In fact, I find myself in the Arnenville electoral voting position of having an orange marker in hand in October with no one to yeah. vote for. Sacrilege. Is that still how you feel? You still, like, if you describe yourself... I don't know who I'm going to vote for. You, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. No idea. But if you, describe your, if you describe yourself as that kind of socialist or capitalist with a whatever it was, conscience, is that would they typically Con- lean left? Did you? Would you normally be that? Is that where you'd I sit? Would- I would normally lean a little to the left. I'm, I, I'm a bit, I'm a bit central. I'm very liberal when it comes to things like um, uh, women's rights and um, uh, reform and changing the flag and 
Um, I believe, I don't, well, to be really honest, I don't think the Labor government really can call themselves a Labor government at the moment, because at the moment, people to get a one-bedroom, no, not one-bedroom, a studio X hotel room in some seedy hotel is costing eight, up to $800 a week. So I don't think a Labor government would allow that. Um, I I think Muldoon was probably our last great socialist, <laughs> which is crazy since he was a, a National Party man. But um, I, I don't know who I'm going to vote for. I don't, I've, I've looked through everything, and I, I I don't. I mean, I'm certainly not a communist, and I'm I, I, conscious capitalism is what I would like. I like it when you're allowed. Of course, you can make money as long as you pay your workers a living wage and they're happy and that your customers don't get ripped off. So for instance, if you're um, a landlord, the people that look after your property, they get paid well, the people in there don't feel ripped off and you can still make a bit of money. That's the perfect world for me. Um, and I lean socially. I, I, I thought COVID, honestly, I thought I had this idealistic idea that somehow we were all going to go back to the land that, 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 Landlords would say, hey, you know what? I don't need $800 a week from 80 properties I own. I only need 500 But that's not what's happened. Yeah. Very disappointed. Yeah, no, I, 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 I tend to agree with you. I had, I actually had um, a few politicians on going through there. Martin Davidson was here, and we were we were floating the idea of a break-even economy during that period. It's like, you know, if the... If the owner, Brilliant. if the owner of a cafe, you know, needs five hundred bucks a week for their mortgage, but they can rent it for nine hundred a week. Well, how about for the next few weeks we rent it for six hundred a week? So they've covered their rates and they've covered their mortgage, but they're not Perfect. putting that. There. That, that's exactly what we were trying to trying to push. But yeah, uh, like you, um, it seems that it's a, it's a bit difficult because it's always hard to know everyone's position. If a landlord bought a property and they do need the eight hundred a week to cover the mortgage, I mean, but do they rent? No, but bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. Uh, if they they've do. Got two, but that's highly unlikely. It might, there might be some cases of that. But in most cases, that, that's, the, that's the party line, right? I've got to pay my own mortgage. You've got, can I swear? You can say whatever you fucking want. Okay. Okay. You've got, let's say you've got two fucking properties. Chances are you've got enough money for those two fucking properties and you can pay the rates. As long as you're paying the rates on that second property, to, and, because we all know it's increasing in value. Do you really need to make the rent that high? No, you do not. And it comes down to this, that that in our natural state, I think people are greedy. And to not be greedy, you have to open your mind, you have to not be cognitive dissonant, and you have to think, hang on, how much money do I have to need so that everybody is okay, so that the poor aren't getting poorer? Because when the poor get poor, that's when you get revolution. And whether you like it or not, if this continues to happen, people and people can't eat and people can't live, there will be a lot more people like that yeah. that are angry than people that have 80 properties and are slum landlords. I'm not saying every landlord is slum landlord. There's some very good, good people that own properties. But I get very angry when I see billboards up in Wellington that say, hey, are you selling your property? We want to buy it because they want to buy it. They want to divide it up and charge $850 for a bedroom. That is not what a Labour government should be allowing to happen. That is not a Labour policy. They need to be looking at things way more than be kind and we've got this because we haven't got it and landlords are not being kind. How I've always wondered about um, government getting involved in uh, property because, I mean, I live in Dunedin now. Uh, this is Shangri-La for properties, although property markets yeah, down here, is. well, they're still going. I mean, it's always, like I remember 
you know, friends and family coming back from the UK and bringing pounds back. And they're like, oh, the housing market in New Zealand, there's a doddle and they spend their pounds. But then you get acclimatised. And then all of a sudden, mm. that trip down Hillsborough Road in Auckland, which was a doddle because it's not the fucking M1, all of a sudden you move yeah. closer to the city because you can't handle the trip down Hillsborough Road anymore. Isn't that um, funny? Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. Funny, yeah. I, I, luckily, living in Dunedin, I haven't got acclimatised. I still love going back to Auckland. I love the, the hustle and bustle. It's nothing that I've... You know, the worst person to speak to about smoking is an ex-smoker. The worst person to speak to about Auckland is an ex-Aucklander. Whereas that's... That's me. Yeah. Well, that's not me. Yeah. I, 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 I still love Auckland. But I remember on Talkback... What part of Auckland? Hang on. What part of Auckland are you from? Uh, I kind of grew up in Hillsborough and in Mount Roscoe, that area. Uh, and then I lived all over the place, but purchased properties out by Titarangi and Huia. That's where we lived when I owned property. See, I'm from South Auckland. I'm from Papatoitoi, Otara, south side. Yep. But when I went back, I moved into the city and it wasn't the South Auckland that I'd known growing up. It was like, I found it very hard to make friends. Um, except radio people and radio people, radio people are weird. Um, and the weird folks know that. But um, I found it very cold. Wellington for me. Let's just talk about Wellington for a minute. Wellington, like Dunedin, very similar. Wellington is just a bit closer to the rest of the world. But Wellington has a seedy elegance and a cultural mix, a cultural blend, and is a fairly educated city, a fairly liberal city. And I love that. I love that it's got the seedy elegance and this kind of Nobody wants to say they've got too much money. Nobody cares if you haven't. Half the people are nutty. Half the people look after the nutty people. It's just a really cool city. It's a bit of, bit of San Francisco and a bit of Dunedin mixed in. Auckland is Auckland's like a whole bunch of small towns put yeah. together. Yeah, really. yeah. All, all, yeah. The, all the borders touching. I think that um, Wellington and Dunedin are very similar. You've got that kind of seedy yeah, yeah. creative side and we've got the student side. And actually, yeah. if you look at them from the outside, yeah. the seedy creative and the student look quite similar. Um, and they, I mean, very similar. Yeah, and yeah. and and what it does for Dunedin. Here's my advert for Dunedin. What it does for Dunedin is it gives us um, an overrepresentation in resource and assets because the the uh, university in itself brings in over a billion dollars a year to the economy, and so yeah. therefore all those students have to be provided for. Therefore, we have a lot of um, things in Dunedin that, like, I lived in Tauranga for 14 months. You know, purgatory. Like nothing like the same sort of resources as you've got here, but it's a similar population. So we're overrepresented well, it's very old, in there. Darling, it's very old, very old. The old people don't like to have to shuffle out too far to get the things they want. Yeah, I found from living in Tauranga, um, people talk about it being God's waiting room, that sort of thing. But I found it more so for me. I was there when I was in my kind of late twenties. I went for a radio job. Oh. Um, is that it's not necessarily that there are lots of old people. It's that people our age acted old. So we were twenty seven, twenty eight. <laughs> And all the 27, 28-year-olds all had four kids and mortgages. And we'd just moved off Ponsonby Road, you know, so... Oh, my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was that yeah. as well. And so we were ended up hanging out with 20-year-olds and 21, 22-year-olds because they were the people that were still kind of footloose and frenzy-free like us 26-year-olds moving south from Auckland were at the time. It's exactly. You might find that I find in Wellington some, uh, some of my best friends are... No, some of my best friends are... I, I have friends aged from... My, my best friend, David, who was my producer... Um, who is still my best friend and sadly has moved to Auckland where he's finding it very difficult. He has to e-scoot and catch buses for 45 minutes to get like three kilometres away. But um, I have friends aged 25 through, through to 55 and there seems to be no age difference. So everybody's living the same kind of living their best life the same way in Wellington. What I love about Dunedin is I went for a radio promotion when I was at ZM. 
I went to the supermarket and I thought I was pretty hip, you know, like I'm young. And I was the oldest person in the supermarket. I cracked <laughs> up. It was hilarious. Like I was 20 years older than anybody else in the supermarket. And I celebrated that. I was like, this place is full of creative, young, brilliant yep. minds. And it's, it was just, yep. it's fun. Two, yeah, ki- two kinds of pe- two kinds of people that live in Dunedin, the ones that hate the students are the ones that love the students. We are, I'm certainly in the ballpark of love the students. There's there's a, students. around um, March, you know, when the when the students come back into the city for for O week, and um, it's like the lu- the lungs of the city go, <gasps> and you can just feel the I life coming it. back yeah. in. It's yeah. cool. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. It's, Wellington's the same. I I've always got on. I've always loved teenagers, and I love I love the enthusiasm. I love the angst. I love everything about that teenagers offer, and it's like it's so raw. It's raw and it's lovely, and it's and it's not tired. It's not cynical, you know. I didn't get hate from. I didn't get hate when I said when I dared to, you know, challenge Jacinda and say, "Hey, hang on, can we be a little more honest?" I got challenged by the Karens, not by the kids, not by the not by the older people, not generally by men. Mainly, mainly Karens, maybe mainly people that wear the the, the Jacinda special her special sign. I love Jacinda. I just boy, his speech writers need to kick up the ass. What where we came from in this conversation? I was going to talk to you about the housing market for a sec. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I was I'm interested when I used to work on ZB about we would hear people talking well, hang on, about. I'm turning my engine on. Are you running out of battery already? I got told. I got told by the Germans. That's oh. so controlling. Oh. I got told by the Germans I had to turn my motor on for a minute. Oh, sorry. Can you? Is that is that annoying? No, it's fine. Dude, you, you have to remember the, the least professional broadcaster in the world here. It's absolutely fine. Do it if you want. Oh, I could probably challenge you on that. <laughs> let's, let's go. Co- let's go. Co- co-host. Let me just finish this. Let me finish this point if I can get it out. Um, I always mm. wondered when we talk about the government getting involved in the property market, like you're saying that the rents shouldn't be what they are, and that's not a lay of the government. What do they do though? I mean, we used to hear about that in they the Auckland. What, well, what yeah, I, I hear about the Auckland market and about houses, you know, prices of houses, et cetera, et cetera, and the rents being so high. But if because the property houses are so expensive and the rents are so high, if there's something happened that drops the rents immediately or a rental freeze or whatever, which I'm not against, I'm just thinking of logistics of this. Mm. Then, then what happens from there if the landlords? Need X amount of money to cover their twenty properties, Ugh. but I, it's just I'm, uh, I'm always what? interested as to how that would actually work. I think there's two options: either you take them out and shoot them, Russian <laughs> style. Anybody that owns more than two houses possibly deserves to be shot. Uh, no, I'm kidding. That's a joke. Before it becomes a headline, um, <laughs> I think I think you've got to you've got to do what Muldoon did, and I can't believe I'm saying you've got to do what Muldoon did. Ah, um, there's got to be a price freeze. There's got to be a wage freeze. There's got to be um rent freeze certainly uh freeze prices but there has to be the ability to take them down not up during the freeze so when i say freeze it's like a freeze off it's like a glass ceiling i i refuse to believe that anybody with 80 properties is going to be particularly hard done by by not raising the rent for a while come on and then the government has to just go this is the not we would really be really really pleased to be really so sweet of you if you didn't raise prices and you were kind no you're not raising prices stop being greedy just settle down we're not a good society unless everybody is surviving otherwise people are going to get pissed and they're going to get pitchforks and they're going to come get you so we just need to just settle the fuck down and just just stop 
stop this greed. It's almost like some greedy people have gone, ooh, what if we run out of people to rent houses? Ooh, you know, I must, I must get more money. Chill. You've got enough money. You know, we, 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 the rest of us, you know, us kind of middle class, like, oh, what are you, is, is, is it going to be a middle class anymore? And, you know, out the back, planting potatoes and carrots for the first time since our father taught us how to do them. And I just think the government needs to be a little bit more governmenty and a little bit less facilitatey. A little more facilitatey. Yeah. Well, just like, would be really nice if you did this, and it'd be really nice if you did this. And how about, it'd be really nice if you did this, and, and that would be nice. Please, we suggest you should. Mm. No, you have to, or mm. else. And I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not into a military state. It's just that clearly some people don't get the message when you say should and would you mind, and they need to be told. And they need to be told, stop being greedy, stop putting up rents. You've got people here that just cannot afford to live. I, I was when I was working before I um, was disestablished, which is such a hilarious term. Before I was disestablished, we had a, a guy who was working as a young copywriter who was living in his car. Wow. Now, if somebody who's got a job is living in his car, come on, we need to come on. We need to take a good hard look and stop being greedy and just be be, be real before the revolution starts because there will be pitchforks. Well, maybe that's not such a, a bad thing. Maybe there needs to be a revolution. I mean, if I, I, I follow politics like I take it intravenously, I wake up every morning and the first thing I do is pick up this thing and look at all the news headlines from overnight to see if Trump's blowing up the top half of the world. Um, and, you know. It doesn't seem to matter to the Americans if he does, though, does it? No, not to the Americans. But, I mean, I've long been of the opinion of the last two cycles in America that they, they need a revolution. They need a proper revolution, they and unfortunately, revolution. unfortunately, they're too dumb to recognise, you know, who they should have had. It's now too late. Bernie's now missed his opportunity. Bernie coming through. Bernie is my dead man crush. I seriously would do Bernie, not dead, but alive. That man was on the right side of history since the, the age of fourteen when he walked with Martin Luther King. A Catholic Jewish boy at fourteen had the mind to work with walk with Martin Luther King. That man is my god. There is a really interesting amount of research that shows how the Jewish community of that era wrapped around and got around the civil rights movement. There is a, a, yes. a surprising kinship between the two peoples. So, um, Damn straight. Yeah, poor old America, eh? And, I, and, and they're probably at the moment, I was going to say 50-50, but it might be 52-48, that, that um, 52 meaning 52% chance of Biden, that uh, they've got a 48% chance Biden's probably of, of Trump Biden. getting back in. Biden, come on! It's like putting a Labrador up against Trump. I, you know, I, I lived in America, so I know what it's like. And people, if, if you haven't lived there, it is completely. You know how we are? We're not as a liberal. Like I might, you know, I might have once voted national. I'll be honest. And um, well, it sounds like it sounds voted, like you might be voting them again from the sounds of the talk today. No, I'm not voting national. No, I'm not voting national. <laughs> Fuck that! I'm not voting national. Um, I would vote TOP, but it's such a stupid name. I find that very difficult. I'm, I'm thinking of voting Māori Party because they're the only ones that are close to uh, being the kind of party that... But then trying to... Oh, anyway, um, what was I saying about Bernie Sant in America? Now, the, okay, so I was, I've got to tell the story just very quickly if you have time. I was invited to a special breakfast, a very exclusive special breakfast, um, where um, a gentleman has, a, has invites people and has a speaker. And the speaker I'm, that day was Judith Collins. So I sat there, I listened, I asked the first question... Um, she knew who I was, which was quite scary. Um, and then afterwards, as I was walking out, somebody said to me, that was a great question you asked. That was a great question you asked. I said, oh, you're American. I said, what are we going to do about your Trump, eh? I said, I've got an idea. 
I think what should happen is there should be a little bit of a Rasputin type thing. Somebody needs to, he drinks a lot of Coca-Cola, somebody needs to slip a couple of Ambien in his coat. <laughs> then when he falls asleep, just whip him down to a private, you'd have private areas under the White House, you know, a little private little prisony place behind Perspex and just leave him there for a while with some guards and stuff and just say, oh, Trump's terribly sick. Um, he's had he's had issues, but he's going to be fine. And then get on with fixing the world. And the guy said to me, I don't think if I've, I've introduced myself. I'm the ambassador to the United States. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'm terribly, I'm, I'm so t- I'm terribly sorry. Oh, look over there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> of course I said that to the ambassador of the United States. But that's what they should do. Like, so How hard is it to slip some Ambien in his coke and then just kind of like take him to a little private hospital for a while? Sounds like an episode of Scandal. Do you ever watch Scandal? That sounds like what they would do there. Well, why don't they do it? I just see all these people looking really awkward, standing behind him like, oh, God, please let him shut up soon. Oh, God, please let him shut up soon. But there must be somebody that can, like, the Russians are good at it. They put, but not poison. I don't think they should poison him. But the Russians go around, you know, like, with poison darts and putting poison in people's tea. And (laughs) the Russians. Those Russians. I think, unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but the reality is in America, the only way they're actually going to evoke a change is to bring in change into into the White House. Because the answer to your question is if they did that, then it would be Mike Pence running the place. And to be honest, Mike Pence is probably worse. That's, that's great. Isn't it great that they got such a, they got such a dynamic duo? But see, I like Joe Biden. I always did. I liked Joe Biden when he first ran with Obama. But... He is for what for what they need now. He's a bit of a Labrador. I think you need who is that amazing and you'll know who she is. But she's far too young, and America would hate it. That gorgeous New York Congresswoman. She's got a double barrel name. Hot, um, very forward thinking. Oh, uh, AOC is that who you mean? Yeah. Yeah, she's too young. Uh, uh, Alexander Acosio Cortez, something like that. AOC. Cortez, yeah. She is too young, but really, what, what I, I personally think that it's these the younger Generation Z that seem to have all the great ideas about saving the planet and speaking up. And I speak to a lot of young women that I meet, you know, in that in that age, younger than her, and they've got a big voice. And I'm excited for them to come forward, come through, because the millennials are just kind of like sitting around going, "Oh my god, I don't know what to do." Um, so I, you know, somebody like her, but really, there's no other Bernie, is there? Bernie's old now. We need a new Bernie. Yeah, Bernie. Bernie unfortunately won't be won't be president because this this would have been the last chance. I, and I say unfortunately, there's AOC there. You say it's, I think it's funny you say and woman younger than her. She's thirty. So uh, yeah, <laughs> um, no, but there are. I mean, these women, these women, this woman in New Zealand, uh, the woman that the, the young woman who organise all of the climate change things. Young women that I meet just like I'll be at, you know getting my nails or done something, and there'll be some of these terrific. Um, fearless young women come in with voices and and talking about change and stuff, and they're going to Wellington High. You know, the, I'm excited for these young women with you know who who are who are proud and have voices and want to change the world. That's ex- that excites me. I'd rather have them than Hillary bloody Clinton, who was owned by the corporations. You know, like give us these young, raw, amazing women. Yeah. And then, sorry, I don't, I'm not being sexist. Oh, I th- I think that. It feels like there's a pendulum swing, and I don't think it's being sexist. Going, you know, men have run the world for the past two millennia, whatever it's been, and there needs mm. to be a natural progression to bring it back to a, a, the new normal, perhaps. Which means if if women take a, a larger hand over the next 
you know, thousand years, so be it. I'm not saying that to as be... As long as they're strong and they use their voice. They need to use their voice and not say, be kind. They need to make people act kind. I, I think there's probably, for me, I think there's probably a, a, you know, a bit of both. You know, you speak the words, then you action the words, and then you evoke but a change. Don't, Pat, Pat, saying be kind makes people post inspirational memes saying be kind. Does it make people lower the rent? Does it make people go into yeah. our poorer communities and give food mm. give food away to people? I don't. Th- I maybe it does, but not not enough. Okay, so as you say that, I'm thinking about that, and I'm thinking about what I did when I was you know the be kind to one another, which was the message of the first the first lockdown. Um, it did get set, say in the second lockdown, which nowhere near as strongly though. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about me. I'm thinking about did it make me change anything? It probably didn't, but because it was a repetitive message, I don't know. I guess I don't quite see it the same way as you do. I, 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 I'm just thinking about myself though, and you're thinking about society, and that's probably why I'm being selfish and thinking how did I respond to it? Because you're thinking how did the broader society and I because I do agree with you about landlords and about rent and stuff as I say we pushed that message right the way through that lockdown about you know calling it a break we wanted to start a break even so I had I had Rob Fife on and I, even though he's not the CEO oh, yeah. he's not the CEO of New Zealand anymore but we were like I let's like let's start an advertising campaign it's like can't do France do Fakatane you know can't do Queensland do Queenstown we wanted to start a campaign as well so to 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 do this break even community a society where we acknowledge that businesses were also trying to break even. So if Air New Zealand yeah. could charge $99 for the tickets, but they could get by on $79, then they did. But then in return, as the community, we would then use Air New Zealand to pay back them for, for breaking even. But then when Rob Fife, basi- cool? Rob Fife basically said to me, there are six seats on a plane that are the profits. So if the, if a, if the plane's a 100-seater, 94 seats need to be filled before it breaks even. The last okay. six seats are the thing. And I'm like, okay, well, there's... There's already no fat in there. Yeah. There is no fat in there. There is no fat in there. It was the first class and business class that paid for steerage, or steerage or cattle class, or you know, um, I call it steerage because of Titanic. I think, though, that what you were aiming at and what you were being is a conscious capitalist. Yeah, I think you so. You were saying, yeah, the, and, and there's a great book called Conscious Capitalism, and I, I would strongly recommend everybody read it because if we all went by that, it wouldn't matter if you were National Labor, Green Act, or whatever. If we went by that, that, ethos of conscious capitalism then you could have the society you wanted no matter what your politics well and it's also the idea about the isms there's i don't think there's anything wrong with any of the isms capitalism socialism communism and it's purer sense but we as human mm. beings get involved in it and we fuck it up so we turn capitalism yeah. into 850 dollars rents we turn you know socialism into fascism we we, we are the ones but yeah. if you read them on paper the the isms yeah. I mean, six of one, half a dozen of the other. You know, they 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 all align. I mean, it's political. Whether whether you're whether whether you set up a, a community based organisation to help people, or whether you set up a profit making business to make money and then use that money to help people, both can do the same thing. So, I'm 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 with yeah. you on that completely and utterly. I could please please get that book though. It's yellow. That help does that help you? You'd be able to go straight to the yellow book. But I, I would say if, if you if you have time to read Conscious Capitalism. It, it, as I said, it doesn't matter what you, what whether you're liberal or whether you think your know, marijuana should be legal or illegal or whatever. It will, ha- it, it for me describes a fairly perfect society. And there are certain companies that already do that. 
Um, and they mention the companies in it. And the people that work there have worked there and don't lose their jobs and love working for there and their clients love them too. Look at you, there you go. Is that the one I'm looking at? My God, you're quite, yeah, you're quite, you're quite the, you're quite the getter of great graphics quickly guy. The, the thing about this as well, and I talked to Rob Fife about this, um, he was talking about the businesses that helped in the COVID situation. And um, I can't remember the names of the businesses. We can go back and have a look at the, have a look at the podcast if you want to find out about it. But he talked about uh, Tyndall's. He talked about Sam Morgan. He talked about another yeah. company who basically went to their contacts in China and bought PEP on kind of a wink and a handshake and a nod to the government that the government would reimburse them. And they went and spent millions immediately to, to secure things for New Zealand. And then they worked out with the government how they'd pay for it. And they didn't do it as a profit-making thing, obviously. They wanted to make sure that New Zealand was looked after in that time period. So that's the thing where people make a ton of money. They can then use that for good as well. So, yeah. There's two sides to that, though. That is brilliant. And I love it. And they're both very, very ethical men. And I, I like that. And they were ethical before they had to be ethical. A bit like the, the brand Koto, the clothing brand, that had an A-plus grade when nobody knew that there were even people looking. But the problem with that is I worry slightly that it took Stephen Tyndall and Sam Morgan to do what the government should have done. Well, the point that Rob made was government moves, it's, by, by its nature, it can't move quickly. Whereas I don't know Stephen Tyndall's personal finances, other than he's got a lot of money. He can go, well, let's order a million of them. Here's a check. You know, it just the government literally just can't move that quickly because approved through this oh. so and so that's why that's why they said they did it they they knew they could move quickly <coughs> oh pardon me and they did which i thought was an example of i guess conscious capitalism they had money it is conscious capitalism yeah. damn straight yeah damn straight it is and now, um yeah, yeah it's a great i think it's, if we could all live like that then people that wanted to make money and people that didn't want to make money would be in live in a happy place i always used to think when i was young and idealistic as opposed to old and crotchety as i am now that um you know the idea of buying a big property and having 10 families living there and the guys who are good at growing vegetables could provide vegetables and the those of us I still love that <laughs> and those of us that might rather work and earn money would pay their power bills and you know I like that I like that concept I'm I'm a bit, I think I'm getting too old and broken for it now I creak and I ache in various areas I don't know if I don't know if communal living is mate. I'm still up for it. Hey, um, before we before we part ways because you've got another appointment to get to, I see you're a vapor. Um, are you some? Are you someone? I I was thinking the other day that this new legislation is coming in, so we are sponsored in part. Uh, by this group, you can see behind me, Stratus. Stratus is actually a, oh, a product. Let me put my glasses on. Yeah, can you bring one closer to me so I can see it properly? It's in the it's in the background completely. It's up here, Stratus. That's oh, the, yeah, but can you? Oh, I don't have a Stratus. This, this is not a Stratus. It's just a, a normal a vape pen because Stratus is designed to help people stop smoking. It's got um, nico- oh, cool. n- nicotine in it, and I don't want nicotine, but it's designed to help people stop smoking. And I see that, unfortunately for us, Stratus is going to go away in November because the new legislation has come in for advertising that what? you can't advertise Why? products. Well, it's under the new, it's under the Smoking Act. And, but um, hang on, um, vaping has been proved. I mean, the, the British, the British did a huge, and the, you know what the NHS are like. They did this huge thing. It's ninety five percent safer. Like I'm like you, I just have Coca Cola flavor or grape in it. Yeah. But I don't have any um, mix of nicotine. It's just a, for me, it's an anxiety thing and just a something to do. Um, 
but it's 95% safer than cigarettes. So why the hell would you want to take the advertising off it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And and the guys that I work with, these were the, the company is Vaporium, and they make this product, Stratus. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they've designed it with nicotine in the pods to help people yeah. stop smoking. So that's, that's their idea. So they're basically actively saying it is a less harmful alternative to get it you off cigarettes. It is a less harmful alternative. Yeah, so Don't I... Don't listen to... You know, you know all those things that come out about a study shows? The studies are done by the tobacco companies yeah. because they don't want people to stop the cigarettes. Uh, anybody can... I could write a, a, a PR statement and release a press release about anything. And you get on Facebook and people will go, oh, look, Powerade's blue because it's kill the killing of Smurfs. Smurfs are dying. <laughs> Smurfs are dying. I, I, I've done I've done scientific research to find out that Smurfs are dying for this. Don't buy it. You know that's the thing. Like whoever they are, Roth, whatever. Of course they lead, lead these ridiculous stories about them exploding on planes, and exploding in people's faces, and, and and shit. And it's absolute bullshit. Like vaping is ninety five percent. I read this. No, I, I I know a friend who works in um in the industry in the health industry and. They're way safer than cigarettes. Yeah. That's such bullshit. I think about um, alcohol and I think about kombucha. You know, kombucha has alcohol in it, but it doesn't come under the same regulations for advertising as alcohol does, whereas you could probably say it's 95% less harmful than alcohol. Va Hold on a second. Kombucha has, I don't like kombucha, but I'm, I, I can't drink alcohol. I'm allergic to alcohol. It makes me break out in handcuffs and um, stole that line, but it's true. And, um, but I didn't know kombucha had alcohol in it. That's really interesting. Well, it's a fermented product. So when you have fermentation, you can, one of the byproducts, fermentation with sugar can be alcohol. Yeah, but I don't think a lot of people know that. Hang I don't on. know that. I, I, don't wanna, I don't wanna get this wrong. I hate doing that. What percentage uh, alcohol is is in KOM? Kombucha? Oh, have you seen how they grow kombucha? It's so gross. Yeah, I grow it myself. Oh, no, it's so disgusting. It makes me want. It just makes me want to pass out. There we go. Kombucha is a fermented beverage that is linked to many potential health benefits. Commercial kombucha tea is labelled non-alcoholic, as it contains less than zero point five percent alcohol. So it has alcohol, not a lot of alcohol, it alcohol but it has alcohol in it. So therefore, if that's ninety five percent less harmful than beer, they don't put it under the same advertising as beer. So. For vape to be 95% less harmful than cigarettes to come under the same legislation as cigarettes, I think, is dickish. Myself? Thank you. I'm actually, I'll give you a standing ovation, but I honestly can't be bothered getting out of my car. But Where are you at the moment? We're about to know Wellington, are you? I am in Waifetu, which is a suburb of uh, the Hutt Valley. Um, I, I find the Hutt Valley a bit tricky for me because I, no, I have synesthesia which brings me a lot of amazing things. But one thing it doesn't give me is a sense of direction. So normally to get in and out of Lower Hutt, it takes me about 25 minutes. When normal people, it would take 30 seconds. Isn't there such a thing as GPS these days? You talk about your German yep. car. Yeah, GPS. No, no, it's, it's, it's the freaking Siri. Once you get out to the Hutt Valley, <laughs> it slows down. So she goes, please turn in 50 minutes, in 50 metres, please turn left. You've gone past the left. Right. You've gone past. What, anyway, what, what voice do you, what voice Siri. do you use for Siri? Um, I I have the American woman. I have the Irish woman. I call her my Irish girlfriend to my kids. It's my Irish girlfriend, Ooh. Siri. Sorry. I, I want a hardcore one. Don't you want a hardcore one? I want one that goes, 
Uh, bro, you've gone too far, you egg. Nah, turn around, dumb move. Problem if you had a Kiwi one, you wouldn't know whether you were turning or not because it would go, yeah, nah. And the next one would be, yeah, yeah. nah, yeah. And you'd be like, shit, is this going to be a yeah, nah or a yeah, nah, yeah? Okay. Oh. It'd mess you up. <laughs> I'm gonna, that's going to be my new business. I'm going to do the straight-talking, provocative Maverick Siri. <laughs> Well, they did the the thing with Navman when Navman were just putting out, you know, we people who had just navigations, they didn't have it in their phones. That was a huge industry, you know. Ian McCallum was reading it, and Jeremy Clarkson's voice was on it, and you know. Why aren't we doing that now? I don't know. Maybe because people don't give a shit about hearing, you know, so-called celebrities' voices nah, telling them where to go. I like his. Nah, it's not that. It's that Apple will have some. They need control, you see. They need to control us. And that would get out of their hands and they wouldn't like that. Oh, no, that's not positive. Oh, no, we like to keep everything very tight. So, Polly, um, people can follow you on your uh, beautiful Facebook page. Just Polly Gillespie would be a way to find you. What we're all now going to wait to know about is when are we going to find out about this radio gig? When does that happen? Next week. This time next week. And also I'm on Instagram, Mm -hmm. Polly G. Gillespie. And I, I, I like Instagram. Look, if you're... Facebook is great. I don't do Twitter because Twitter is just full of people that just want to. I don't know. Twitter's weird. Um, it's not my kind of. It's not my kind of groove. But um, I, Facebook's great, and Instagram is is a nice site. When I say nice, it's nice. No, it's not. It's just it doesn't have a bunch of like trolls going. I hate you because you said Jacinda should be quiet. Um, Instagram's not like that. That's more of a Facebooky thing. But I love Facebook too. So whatever. I'm on. But I'm on everything. TikTok. Is your uh, is your new radio gig? Is it a solo gig? You're with someone. Ah, oh, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to get information out of me. Ha <laughs> ha! I got up too early in the morning to fall for that one, Mister Brittenden. Media Works or, or like NZ Me or other RNZ. Are you going to be one of these broadcasters who's? I can't bro- believe you're speaking in acronyms. Who's brilliant Using at what they letters. do, and then and then it ends up being on ZB on. Oh, is it ZB mornings on Wellington on ZB? Is Hold on that? a second. ZB wouldn't want me. ZB, I'm far too left wing for ZB. ZB are like, can you be a little bit more, you know, can you be a little bit more like everybody can get a job, everybody can buy a house if they try really hard. All you have to do is work hard. I don't think they'd want me. I was the most complained about host on Newstalk ZB when I was there. I think it frustrated <laughs> well, the hell out of the bosses because I was I was the I bottom of the totem pole. Bottom of the totem pole and the most complained about. That's good though. Who wants to be bland? Who wants to be vanilla? It's like when people say to me, "Are you okay?" People are trolling you. People are saying terrible things. I go, "People are also saying wonderful things." Yeah, I'd rather get wonderful and horrible than she's nice <laughs> and be kind. Nice. Is that what you're saying? She's <laughs> act kind, do kind things, lower the rents, go out and give people money, and feed their dogs, and don't ask what they're going to do the money with, and don't worry if they're going to use it on drugs or alcohol. Everybody's got their own story. Don't be judgy. Hey, Polly, we're going to leave you going, and we're going to tune in next week to find out what's happening with the radio gig. Yeah, you are. And um, this has been a very provocative conversation, apparently. Someone told me that once. You maverick. You maverick. And and listen, one of the things we love about this is people can come on whenever they want. So come back soon, and we'll talk again. Yeah, absolutely. It's been absolutely wonderful. And have fun. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for that. Have fun voting for National. Is that right? Have I got that right again? I'm not voting for fucking National. Whoever, I won't, I won't, I won't say, I won't say. All right, Paul. Who are you voting for? Who are you voting for? Who am I voting for? I have not decided yet, but certainly I'm a, a left voter. 
Um, I'm quite excited by the idea of Labor governing alone. And it's not because I'm a Labor supporter. It's because we've never had a majority government under MMP. So part of me thinks, as a sociological experiment, what would that be like? So that's interesting. That's interesting to me rather than exciting me. Um, but I also believe he's something for you, mate. I I hate yep. people who say if you don't vote, you can't complain. And in, in my in my opinion, you hate my ex husband. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. my opinion. If you have a well thought through series of who should I vote for and you've gone through your options, you come up with no one that is as valid as someone voting. A non an informed non vote is a, is as valid as a vote. I think there should be I think voting should be mandatory and I should I think there should be an option on the ballot on the ballot for none of the above. So if you go through all your options and you come to a position that I can't in good conscience vote for any of these people, in my opinion, that's as valid as casting a vote for any of the parties. I agree. Showing up. Showing up. Yeah. Suiting up, showing up. You've done the work. Suiting up and showing up. And you've voted none of the above. <sighs> <laughs> On that note, Polly, we'll catch you next time. Okay. See you, Pete. Thanks so much. All right, team. That's us done and dusted for another one. Polly Gillespie. Look out for her big news, uh, depending on where you're listening to this. Next week, just go to Facebook and look up Polly Gillespie and you will find her. The Department of Conversation brought to you by Stratus, the most affordable alternative to smoking. Designed for people looking for a less harmful alternative to smoking, the Stratus is a cost-effective device for anyone looking to step away from old habits. You can find it at Vaporium.com. NZ. Uh, the pod kits that come with it have a bit of nicotine in them. I'm someone who doesn't like to have nicotine in me necessarily, um, but if you are a smoker, then nicotine is an essential part of the addiction. Therefore, if you um, use these, they, they can satisfy the cravings for nicotine while getting you off cigarettes at the same time. So vaporium.nz for more information. If you want to find out more about us, you can head to our website, www.thedoc.nz. Or find us on Facebook as well under DOCNZ. Easy way to communicate with us and to spend some time with us. If you're listening to us on iTunes, a rate and review would be greatly appreciated. And coming up next in this series of podcasts is Brody Kane. Brody Kane, former TVNZ reporter, a former radio broadcaster on the hits in Christchurch. Uh, Brody has a new direction in life, and we will be talking to her in the very next podcast. All right, my friends, uh, thank you once again for joining us. Thank you for spending some time with us. Genuinely appreciate you choosing to spend a bit of time with us here when you have so many options to choose to uh intake content in this day and age so thank you so much for being with us as we continue to make sweet sweet love in your ear holes since we've been doing this for coming up two years now we will see you next time take care my friends hooroo